My name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Charles Foster, who is a vet, and we are talking about the power of giving a Bible. Welcome to you, Charles. Hi, Tina, and thanks for having me. It is wonderful to have you along. So I've never interviewed a vet or someone who was a vet. So tell me a little bit about that before we jump into sharing the Bible or the power of giving a Bible to people that are non-believers. Oh, look, I've enjoyed a a great career being a a vet and uh, so done many of uh, God's creatures, shall we say, so large and small and wild and tame. So done all of that. And now I'm in a slightly different space. I've moved into a a waste of resource space, looking at some opportunities to deal with the world's rubbish is what I do currently. So a little bit of a career change. Very interesting. You are a strong believer and you're passionate about sharing the word of God or giving the Bible, the text to people. Where did the passion come from? I guess the Bible's meant a lot in my own life. So, you know, I hear strongly when I read the Bible, you know, just God's spoken through his word to me on a lot of occasions. And, you know, it was certainly part of my journey to faith when I was late in my uni years, you know, just being thinking about faith and sitting up the late hours of night, pouring over a little testament that I'd been given way back in school and all that stuff and just learning about God. And so, For me, it sort of went, well, if I want other people to really know about God, it'd be really good to put that in their hands. You know, it would be something that would hopefully have meaning for them like it had meaning for me. Yes, that's a great answer. And I 100% agree. I'm just wondering, (laughs) how do you go about this yourself? Like, is it every person that you're looking for to actually be able to somehow give them a testament or the, you know, the whole Bible or is it people you're on a journey with? How, how does that look like in your own life? Oh, it can be a whole mix of all of those things. And I do feel probably a little bit like a, a bit of a hypocrite sitting here because I'm not the world's greatest evangelist. So I'd love to think that I was, wow, everybody was an opportunity. Uh, yeah, I'm not that good. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it is having that intention, I guess. It's looking for the opportunities. You know, having one in in my pocket, in my glove box, somewhere near the front door. So it could be anything. You know, it can be people that, yeah, are dropping stuff off. We've had plenty of that during lockdown. It could be family members. It could be work colleagues. It could be, you know, going to a shop's petrol stations, all kinds of places like that. But uh, equally, we do a bit of street stuff too down in Footscray where, you know, there's an opportunity to intentionally go out, seek people, offer a gift, offer prayer. It's in the mix, so it's not always necessarily the first thing, but often it's part of a thing when we're having that conversation. So we might have had a great chat first and then, hey, I want to give you a gift might be the last thing we do, or it might be, hey, I've got a gift, would you like it? And then the conversation starts. So you just go where God leads. Yeah, so what you're saying is you are very much relying on the power of the Word of God as people read it 
to speak to them, not devoid though from being connected to having a conversation with yourself or or with others. So let's kind of put those together because I'm not seeing myself, Charles, as someone that would just go randomly handing out Bibles to everyone out there. There's got to be there's, there's got to be some relational context. And look, it is different for everybody. You know, some people it's really powerful. I've got friends who very much it's full of relational context and in that there's the opportunity to offer a gift versus others who just love getting out there and, you know, it is whoever it is and we lead with offering the gift. So, yeah, it's it's very different. It's what you're comfortable with. It's where what God's gifted you to do. Um, and certainly, I guess, I think you're looking at that verse, Isaiah 55, 11, you know, where God says his word's not going to return void and it's going to achieve the purpose for which it's sent. Well, we get the chance to be part of the sending, you know, so there's that trust there because sometimes the conversation may be relatively fleeting and but they've got the word in the hand and you just trust in that because, you, you know, sometimes it's said, you know, this is the only book in the world where every time you open it, the author's present. You're really trusting in that, that when they finally do open that up. Now, look, the stories there where sometimes I'll re- you literally see them reading it, at, you know, a few minutes later as they're in the bus or whatever they're doing, but sometimes it's years later before they open it and it's a particular point in their life where God, Bible, get together and conspire against the person or with the person, you know. So it's you've got to trust in that. But, yeah, look, a lot of times it could be more relational where it is a chance to read with the person you know so hey we're at this point of a conversation would you like to actually would you like to read a bit of bible together would you like to understand a bit more and you're actually there literally opening the pages with them and and reading it so look wherever you're at what's the opportunity just looking for that and uh, and whatever the relevant context is so there isn't a formula um because people aren't formulas you know it's it's got to be relevant but you know if i'm down in footscray on a dark night in the middle of winter yeah i may just see somebody and I get urged to go and talk to them and I just say, hey, I've got a little gift for you. Can I offer you this to you? And they'll say yes or no. Most of the time it's yes. Uh, and then it's like, well, okay, so do you have any beliefs yourself? And we're now on a conversation. Now there may be a chance to open and share a couple of verses. There might not be, but, hey, we're having a chat now. So where that is, there's usually an opportunity to pray with them before the conversation closes. So Take it as it comes, but, you know, it might be your sister, it might be your grandchild, it might be, you know, a work colleague, it could be anything. But the word cuts through. It's really powerful, and that's uh, – I've got a couple of stories I'll share where the word just cuts through um, and just gets gets people hooked and they suddenly realise there is a God and he loves me. Yeah, I just love what you're saying, and we haven't done an episode around this before, so it's wonderful to talk to you, and I'm inspired already myself. I mean, I worked with the Billy Graham Association for a short while um, in Australia, and that's when I learnt that Dr Graham himself had a Bible just about in every room of his house, even though he was a believer encouraging him Mm. himself. I guess what he was saying is don't underestimate the power (laughs) of the Word of God. Let's talk about some of these examples. So tell me about sharing the Bible uh, with somebody, how that went, how you led with that, etc. I mean, look, some of them are short and sharp. I was going through an airport, going to pick up a hire car, and so met the woman behind the counter. She's having a bad day, and it was noisy. They were doing construction in the airport. She was clearly pretty frazzled, so I'm just there to pick up my, my hire car and end up having a bit of a chat. How's your day? Oh, tell me about my day. I've got 
circular sores, my system's down, and it's like she was stressed. And I was conscious a couple of people were starting to line up. But at the end of it, I said, oh, look, can I give you a little pick-me-up? And I offered her a little testament. And she half laughed, looked at it, and said, actually, can I show you something? And then in the front of the ones I use, there's these little helps. And I said, oh, here's a little pick-me-up versus check one of these out and see how that feels. And she looked at me and she just laughed and said, funny how my eye goes straight to disaster because it's got sort of topics. And so we had a bit of a laugh. I got my keys and off I went. Now, about a week later, I was going back through the airport, uh, dropped my keys off at car high, nobody was there. And I'm going through security and, and I dropped all my stuff out of my pockets and a couple of testaments went into the tray and I think threw my coat on top. And the person behind security, a really weird thing, they pulled my coat back and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm in trouble here. And she's seen the testaments. She leans across and goes, are you the guy that gave one of these to somebody over in the car hire area earlier the week? And I'm thinking, how much trouble am I in? And she goes, really dear friend of mine. She said, Psalm 91, brilliant. It went on. And with that, I went through the belt. But the topic disaster, one of the verses that offers you is Psalm 91, and where you hear about being in God's protection under his wings, he being protected from evil, and there had obviously been a big conversation. you know. So, okay, my little part of that was really just going there, open, thanks so much, see you, trying to be nice. <laughs> but hang on, God just grabbed that and used that. You know, I guess it, it's those sort of things. So some of the interactions are relatively small, but, you know, God, took that person right to some verses that meant something to her enough that she would then seek out a friend who was a believer and have a bigger conversation. So that works. Um, you know, I've got a guy I had um, during the middle of lockdown. Uh, we decided, well, we didn't decide. Our little furry friends decided they'd do racetrack in our ceiling. And so every morning about 4 a.m. we'd have, you know, dirt bike alley up in the ceiling and so I got the little possum guy out and said, right, can we um, encourage our friends to go and find residents elsewhere? So little one-way door and possums found another home. During that, I ended up having a bit of a yarn with him. He had some struggles in life. He had some church background, a little bit of this and that. And so we chatted and I gave him a testament and just encouraged him a little bit. Not a big chat. About six months later, we've got uh, the crusty demons doing their thing around the roof again. And so we end up with a possum guy coming back and he's come in done he's done his work and as he's going and i'm a flat out that day i was just trying to get in my office and he's going, oh, can i talk to you and it's like oh, i really don't have time it's about that little book ah now i'm all he is and he said oh you know that little book you gave me now he says i'm not much of a reader i, I struggle with my reading um but my mum loves reading so during lockdown i snuck over to mum's place and i actually gave her the little book and now Mum and I talk, and sometimes I get really stressed and a bit emotional, and I get a bit angry over the phone. And she looks things up in that little book, and she reads them to me over the phone, and it just calms me right down. And I go, it's just so cool. So, you know, does God's word work? Yeah, it does. So there's many stories like that. I mean, there's other stories. One guy got given one I know of, and <laughs> this guy, he said, I like to know how the book ends. So he started reading in Revelation. Perhaps not where everybody would start, want to start their read, but he did. But what he found in there was, one, we won, uh, two, as he put it. Two, he said, but I found God loved me. And with that, he started to read the whole Bible. He ended up becoming a Christian. He's now a pastor, all of those other things. So it, you can't actually often, too, where do I point people even in a Bible? Sometimes you really 
got to just let the Holy Spirit work on that because it may, you know, we'd all probably think, oh, John 3.16 would be great. But who knows? This guy, Revelation is what he needed to hear. That woman at the airport, Psalm 91 is what she needed to hear. I'm not sure what the possum guy needed to hear, but he obviously did something special because it just it settles his mind and brings him peace. Faith comes by hearing. You know, it's, it's just having that, having that opportunity to get in their hand and let God do his work. Incredible. Yeah, having the opportunity, taking up the opportunities that are put in front of us if I or if we had, you know, Bibles available. If I had Bibles in my handbag, I'm so inspired, Charles, or if I had one sitting at my front door, if people knocked or whatever. You keep talking about your handing testaments to people and they can look at the front and they can go to some type of some topical um, references. So what type of Bible, what type of testament are you handing people? Because that's that's what I want. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Look, there's a bunch of uh, places you can get really cost-effective little pocket testaments and stuff. So you've got a bunch of online resources like Kurong, BMO, um, and others that supply them. Uh, Friends of Gideon's also. I mean, I tend to use that because, it, and some of them have like little little help topics and stuff in the front, or maybe even a little salvation path somewhere in there. So have a look around and see what you can get because there are some, and they are only a few dollars. You know, this is something where. You know, you know, it's that tried and true thing. Everybody says, oh, it's only a cup of coffee. We hear that way too much. But you can get God's word for the price of a cup of coffee. You know, how good is that? So, yeah, if you've got – and also, look, if the ones you're handing out don't have, have a few of your own favourite verses. Think about what maybe be half a dozen verses that really mean something to you. You might bookmark those or just dog-ear the pages or write them in or put a little slip of paper in. Or maybe you've got a favourite track that you like to use. Maybe it's something, I know some guys will bring a, like a little card from their church, which so there's a connection when they actually hand it out. There's, there's the church's details and when's the service and email, phone number. So, you know, you can put other things in there that will make it more meaningful. So absolutely. The other thing too is Bible apps. I mean, there's some great Bible apps out there. I mean, the, the U version's obviously out there. The Gideon's Bible app's really good. That's got 1,700 languages on it. So, you know, if you're with somebody who's struggling with their reading or they're from another language background, having that is like super powerful. So I'll, you know, if I'm going out doing a bit of street stuff or whatever, I'll have a physical testament, but I'll have my phone lined up on John 3, typically, and then I'll be ready to search a language and then I can actually play it. So the other week we had two guys from Tibet we were talking to, two of us were there. One of the guys had pretty strong English, the other one had was struggling a bit with English. So this guy's chatting away. We're chatting with him. I've cranked open Tibetan in John 3 and just started playing. This other guy, the guy who's English was strong, he's now hearing it because got, there's audio as well as written on these apps. He's in. You know, he's listening intently. So I think by the time we finish talking to him, we're probably up to about John 5 with him. But there's something those two Tibetan guys can now talk about. You know, it's... So it's that opportunity, you know, God's word comes in many forms these days, which is totally awesome, and other languages, you know, because, again, you can get other language testaments. If you've got a friend who, you know, we get so many friends who perhaps speak Farsi or Arabic or Chinese or Vietnamese, well, you can go to, you've got the apps, which most of them have a good set of languages, but it could be BMO, Wycliffe, um, Kurong, you know, they've got quite a selection of other language testaments there you might be able to want to give as a gift to one of your friends as well. 
Charles, I am very enthused now about actually getting some Bibles myself and, oh, my gosh, all those ideas of just earmarking little pieces or putting a a card or something in there is fantastic. Tell me how not to do this. What do I need to be aware of? I'm sure from your experience you've come across some things that, Tina, do not go about it this way. Yeah, I think a lot of it is common sense and relationship. So it's being respectful, especially, say, that car hire situation. I am effectively, even though I'm in the public space, I'm in her workspace too. I'm in her work time as well. So I need to respect she's on the boss's dollar. So not taking too much time. You know, this isn't perhaps the time to have a 15-minute conversation and get fully engaged because she's actually meant to... Also, I'm conscious that if there's people queuing up behind me, then if I'm going to do it, it's going to need to be quick or perhaps this isn't the time. I just need to trust God that the opportunity will come again. So just being respectful of where you're at in terms of, you know, how you actually engage with this. So I think that's important. I think um, having a smile on your face when they say no, because some people will say no. I had a couple of trades guys like this week who just, no, nah, thanks, mate. And we had a bit of a laugh about it. I just wasn't going to make an issue of it. Just had a bit of a laugh. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Thanks for your help. I'm not going to make a big deal. The other thing, though, just as a little sequelae to that, though, it, even when they say no, yeah, you might feel you're a bit rejected, but it's still a witness. It's like, he was a nice guy. She was a really nice person. Why did I say no? You know, it's, it's done sensitively. Don't make a massive deal of it. I mean, certainly the the other thing too is, I guess, respecting public space. So perhaps don't get a whole armful and just do a distribution sort of idea. Because if I'm sitting up, you know, in a pub, in a I don't know, a shopping centre or a um, or a, a public transport, um, you know, railway, that is actually sort of more private space. And so you've got you'd need to seek permission. So it's more of a like a one-on-one type of activity, really looking for the conversation. And I think, you know, just being sensitive, there's sometimes there just isn't the time and place. It's even though you've had a good you've got a good relationship, it might be your grandma. But this just isn't the time. The conversation needs in that situation to get there. So God will open up a natural entry. I think the other thing I'd say too is pray. Pray intentionally for these opportunities. And you know, something I need to just be a bit better at as well. But is each day just pray the opportunities are gonna happen. And God opens up the doors, you know, and sometimes you will then see them go past and kick yourself because you go, that was my opportunity. I should, I should have done you. That was wide open. Why, why didn't I? So I guess pray and then respond. But it can be done badly. But a lot of that is probably common sense about just respecting boundaries, respecting people's workplace, respecting where their feelings are at at the moment. Just be sensitive. And lean into God and pray because also don't be desperate because God loves this person. And if not today, tomorrow, maybe not you, maybe somebody else. Sometimes it's not yours to do. You're really feeling this one. Yeah, okay. Is that me or is that God getting in the space here? So pray and go and just be human. Yeah, absolutely. What about friends that we have been on a journey with? Sometimes it does feel like a natural connection to give them one like they're quite open now to having christian conversations how would you make that segue like i'm thinking of so many friends in my world and many of them i have given them bible but some i haven't and i'm just wondering now talking to you why why haven't i because it would be easier i guess 
to give them a Bible than it would to say, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? <laughs> Both those are relevant too. You know, I think, you know, when we talk about some of these things, usually there's some prayer or other things involved in these conversations. So they're not exclusive by any means. I think it depends again, where's that person at on the journey? So sometimes there will be the segue may be, we're coming up to Easter. Have you ever read the Easter story? No, I've actually never read it. Well, here, can I give you something? I'd love to have a chat to you about it and pick which one of the Gospels you want to bring that out of and say, hey, start there. Or it's Christmas coming. Have you ever read the story? You know, so sometimes it's, it's something specific. Sometimes it may be that you're in a conversation and God has something really wise to say about that particular thing. And that's sort of your entry point to say, I reckon you could read this. This might actually mean something to you. Sometimes it is more just, hey, let's do it. But sometimes offering to be there with them because the Bible to the uninitiated, which frankly in Australia, I probably view most people in Australia as an unreached people group, certainly if they're under 40, you know, they, they didn't have RA at school, they weren't given a testament, you know, there wasn't a chaplain. They've, had, they've probably never been to church except for maybe a wedding or a funeral and what they get is from Hollywood. So they don't have any real engagement. So then to say, here's a Bible, can be a bit, uh, yeah, okay, where do I start with this? Especially given the full Bible, they hit Genesis to start with. It's maybe some introduction. That's why, I'd, you know, I think it's different things for different people, but the New Testament's a great place to start because they start to engage with Jesus early in the journey of reading. But offering to perhaps read with them or to even you know, sit with them in that first time and show them a few key verses or maybe, but often there's something in their life going on. You know, maybe it's a struggle with addiction. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's, I know they just, they need a home. They There's something going on. There's a career change. There's stuff, all of those things are covered in the Bible. And so I guess it's looking for that relevant interaction is, is really key. So yeah, to see where it goes. I mean, I had a, Sadly, we had a uh, pretty awful situation with one of our neighbours. And, yeah, we'd always had a bit of an interesting relationship with this neighbour, but sadly his wife had a terrible fall and ended up dying a few days later. And it was just, it wasn't, it was pretty heart-rending. But I knew he was going to be preparing for a funeral and all those things, and I'd helped him out with a couple of things, take him to the hospital and stuff. And so there was a little bit of a door open. And I actually went round to him a a few days before the funeral, I said, look, I don't know where you're at with this stuff, but imagine you've got a f the funeral and you're preparing of things. If it's of any use to you, I can offer you these. And you can see in these helps in the front. If there's something relevant, you might be able to find a relevant verse or something. I don't know if that is or isn't useful to you. And he said, oh, he actually seemed quite touched and took it. And about a week or two later, he said, oh, yeah, I've been reading a little bit out of that little book you gave me. Really difficult situation. I was very conscious that we didn't perhaps have the best neighbourly relationship, but there was enough there we could talk. But it was the right time to offer. Um, and he could have said no. He could have got angry. It could Any a number of things could have happened, but it was just, okay, well, this is probably, if any time, it's going to be now. Yeah, and you just sounded like you were so respectful and caring in that time, Charles, you know, and not forcing it, but genuinely giving him something that may be, and even saying that it may or may not be helpful for you, says everything, doesn't it? It says that you're not forcing your thoughts or your views on him. I guess allowing that space, being a little bit more relaxed, trying not to be God, I guess. Yeah, well, the thing is we're not God 
and uh, we can't convert people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You know, we are there, we walk alongside, we encourage, we try and be God's signposts, but, yeah, at the end of it, we need to know our place, <laughs> a little bit about where we actually fit in the big scheme of things. And sometimes, you know, there's other opportunities, perhaps where people from other religious backgrounds or language backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, there probably is a curiosity a little bit about Christianity, um, you know, because they perhaps come to this country and it's like, Often people from overseas perceive this as a Christian country. And so they'll come with certain preconceptions and perhaps, sadly perhaps have those dashed at times. But there is opportunity for connection too. So, you know, in Islamic faith, there is a lot of reference to the Bible. And there's actually in places there's even encouragement to read it. If you are lacking wisdom, seek the Injil, which is the Gospels effectively. So... And they, they see Esau as a prophet. So if you've got, especially if you've got one of those red letter um, testaments where you can actually see the words of Jesus in red, it's quite a chat with a Muslim friend or a Muslim contact where you go, well, this, this is what this is. This is. Part of this is the Injil, and these are the words that Esau spoke, Jesus spoke. And there's a real, oh, okay. Yeah, and they sort of know that they're meant to have a curiosity about this. And so sometimes there'll be quite a ready acceptance even in that space. So, you know, there's there's little hooks, there's little ideas, there's little points of connection that are all over the place. Um, but again, pray into it because God will open those doors. You know, he wants them to read his word. He wants them to hear from him. He's drawing them to him, as it says. Yeah, just lean into that and uh, and just you will be amazed at the opportunities that pop up. <laughs> this is so good. Charles, I'm just thinking right now, why am I not thinking like this more often? I think I think personally about having conversations with people, which I do every day and I find, well, not every day, but very <laughs> a lot in a week do I talk to people somehow and connect my, my faith to that. But I'm thinking in terms of conversations. I've probably become an expert in that space, but this is just something that's really doable. I mean, every one of us could do this if we had the right, I guess, demeanour that you have, which is really, it's very casual. It's very just e extending some some help or a gift, as you put it, without being forceful. Yeah, well, I like to think that this is normal. It's trying to make this normal. I think we've got, unfortunately, the community's attitude is almost trying to force this to be not normal. It's like, well, no, this is, like you, this is part of who I am. It's part of what I talk about. And, yeah, I, and when the right time comes, because certainly I, like you, probably just have times when I can have a chat, maybe pray, and I don't hand over a testament or anything like that because it's just it, it just doesn't feel to be the right moment to do that. It's probably just overcooking that conversation a little bit. You know, we've got to a really nice space with this conversation. Just be patient, Charles. Be patient. <laughs> you know, just it'll come. And uh, but you know, having God's word involved, I think it just brings some clarity. You know, that there is that verse that says, "Faith comes by hearing, and, and by hearing the word of God." So sometimes, even getting people to speak verses out. So sometimes, when you when you're actually speaking with somebody, and if it's got to that point where there's enough connection, we can actually read a verse and actually ask them to read it out because then they and the Holy Spirit are thinking about that, not me. Let them do their thing. And I find uh, 
there's a book and video set by Bill Fay called Share Jesus Without Fear, and he does a lot of this where he he'll get the he'll have he's got some really great questions that he get asks, gets to a point, and then he says, "Can I share some things with you?" And then he actually gets people to look at some verses and he gets them to read them out, and then he asks them, "So what does what does that mean to you? What does it say to you?" And then it's like they've read it and they think about it, and then that's the Holy Spirit in them working. And he's and I've done a little bit of this, but not as much as I should have, a little bit. And sometimes it's profound what people come out with. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? Well, that was the Holy Spirit just giving them insight that past even more. It's like, wow, I've never thought about that verse in that context before. That's amazing. So, yeah, it is, but it's normal. You know, that's, I guess, where we're trying to be. It's just, yeah, this is part of my Christian walk. It's part of what I do. It's part of my life. But why don't we do more? Um, For me, I'm just chicken. Frankly, um, I see plenty of opportunities slide by and kick myself. Yeah, so appreciate your honesty. It just kind of gives me even more courage to grow in this space. So, Charles, what I'm going to do is you've mentioned a few resources today where we can maybe get some Bibles, some different things, even um, just in our last few moments there talking about someone that has some good questions around this space. I'm going to drop all of that information into the show notes so that um, people can just go and click on, have a look and be a part of this. But this has been fascinating and I pray that for myself and for um, for you today, if you're listening, that this is really encouraging and that this can be a way that you can start to really partner with God and start to hand out the Word of God as He leads in Jesus' name. So, Charles, thank you so much. This has just been wonderful, very insightful and very encouraging. Well, thank you, Tina. Thanks so much for listening to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.